Jesus has given us a commission, church. I took the time on last week to preach on the great commission and the commission that God has called us to, going, making disciples, preaching and teaching and baptizing. And I think that more times than not, many fail in this regard. And I think it's because of the lack of empowerment from the Holy Spirit. That is why I asked Tim and Rochelle Enloe to come. He is really what I consider a specialist in this field. He's devoted his life and calling to teaching and equipping the church on the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit and the giftings of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for anyone who will shed light on this great, great subject and this topic. We need it so badly. I want you to fulfill the great commission that God has called you to. And so I've invited Tim Inlow. He and Rochelle are really friends. They're more like family, really. And they've been here several times. And I'm so glad, Tim, that God has worked it out for you to come. And I want you to come at this time. Would you help me welcome my buddy, Tim Inlow? Well, good morning. I have to say I admire all the many hairstyles. <laughs> Especially the one that kind of looked like Twisted Sister. That was my favorite one. Yeah. Well, it is a joy to be with you. We have been so looking forward to being back at La Palma. And we really, I don't, I mean, you folks probably don't love us as much as we love you. But that's all right with us. But uh, we are excited, excited to be back with you. And uh, I bring greetings from my wife. She is here, but she is ill today. And I apologize for that. She so wanted to see you all face to face. But I have brought my three stooges with you, with me today. So why don't the guys stand up here this morning? These are our incredible sons. Braden is the guy here on the end, and then Dolan, and then Barrett. And um, God has God has so blessed our life in giving us three amazing sons, and they go with us wherever we go in the world. Uh, it's amazing. This last uh, we've been traveling now. This past May, we celebrated our 20th year traveling, teaching on the Holy Spirit full time. Usually about 50 weeks out of the year, and in that time, we've done. Every state and uh, every province of Canada and about 53 nations now around the world. It's been amazing, amazing how God has uh, taken us, I mean, way beyond ourselves. I mean, I was born and raised in Pennsylvania, so like New Jersey was a stretch for me. But, uh, but uh, God, God has taken us um, places. Well, isn't that the way the Lord does? You know, he takes us way beyond our own ability, way out of our comfort zone, and takes us and uses us in mighty ways. I'm so grateful for the hand of the Lord. I'm sure glad that the Lord didn't look for qualifications in me. You know, if that's the case, I would never made it out of PA. But I'm so thankful for the goodness of the Lord. Well, we're lo we are looking forward to over these next couple days and spending some time with you folks. Matter of fact, we'll be coming over to your house for lunch. And um, but uh, tonight at six o'clock is that right? Six o'clock tonight, Pastor, for the men's and women's gathering. Tonight at six o'clock, you guys have such a strong, incredible men's and women's gathering. And who's speaking tonight, Pastor? Pastor Dave and Sonny are speaking tonight, so don't miss that. And I heard rumor that there's some, is there some chili going on? Chili cook-off? So you can either, yeah? If, if you're like me, a few years ago, that wouldn't have been so much of an issue. But if you're like me, just swing by Walgreens on the way and buy yourself some Mylanta, and then you come right to the chili cook-off, right? So don't miss it tonight. There's going to be lots of, lots of hot and spicy 
and uh, some things for the Lord. And then tomorrow night at 7, how many think it's kind of fanatical to have church on Monday night? That's kind of crazy, isn't it? But tomorrow night at 7, we're going to be back here in this house, and we are going to tackle more of the Holy Spirit's ministry. So tonight, or to, uh, tomorrow night at 7, and then Wednesday night again at 7, we'll be back dealing with the Holy Spirit. And if you want to be able to grow in the things of the Holy Spirit in a very short, quick way, this is going to be the shot in the arm, the booster, and the repeat. And so we are going to be looking at the Holy Spirit's ministry over these next couple days in a real intense way. Now, you've got to be fanatical to come to church on a Monday night. Only the craziest, most ludicrous, Jesus crazy people come on Monday night, right? Uh, what do you think? Yeah? All right. So, so coming. And I have one more announcement. Is that on Monday night at 7, um, all of the best-looking, smartest, brightest, classiest people in all the area will be here. Come and see if you're one of them, all right? Come and see if you're one of them. So we are going to be tackling the power of the Holy Spirit on uh, the sub, not tackling the power, but tackling the subject of the power of the Holy Spirit on Monday and on Wednesday nights. And uh, so don't miss those. We're going to be digging in, especially if you're a long-term seeker of the baptism in the Holy Spirit or you have questions about those things. We're really going to be digging in there. And it's been our prayer that God will come and uh, do tremendous, tremendous things. He has been. I was just thinking about uh, this morning. Um, two weeks ago, we were in, uh, up in Santa Cruz, and uh, God came down and worked in such a powerful way. It was amazing to see what he did. But the very last night, I was praying with a lady um, that had had a, she had suffered a stroke and just catastrophic and um, had lost the use of one side of her body and unable to really speak very well and just, uh, just devastating. Those, I mean, man, the physical body wastes away, doesn't it? And uh, and sitting there, I knelt down beside her wheelchair, and I was praying with her, and um, other folks were gathered around, and all of a sudden, I was just hit with a real sense of the presence of the Lord and a deep sense of compassion that always comes with a healing anointing, and uh, I knew God was going to do something, so nothing happened for a while. We prayed for about 10 minutes, which is a pretty long time, and just, you know, loving and praying and things like that, and all of a sudden, uh, there was just a moment that just the atmosphere changed. And all of a sudden, I looked up at her, and she got a big smile on both sides of her mouth this time, because only one side smiled before, and both sides, and she started talking really plainly to me, and she said, I feel like I want to stand up. And uh, I said, let's try it out. And so we gathered around, and, and uh, now you have to remember her, uh, which leg was it? I think it was her right leg. Was, was that right? I don't know my right from my left. I'm sorry. But um, anyway, her, that same side, uh, arm and leg, and and face, side of the face were paralyzed. And I said, well, let's try to move that leg first. And she said, well, I can't move my leg. And I said, well, you need to, you know, move it before we stand up. She said, okay. She said, let me try. And we pray a little bit longer in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden her toe began to go like this and then her foot and then up and down and then the knee. And then she was up, you know, and then her arm. And I just, it's amazing to see because I tell you this not to say, I mean, I don't have any healing power. I've, you know, the old line, it's true, I couldn't heal a gnat with a backache. I mean, I don't have any power, neither do you. But when we call on the Lord and take time and devote ourselves to doing the mission of Jesus, the Lord comes through and works in and through us in ways far beyond our ability. And we believe that God has a significant amplification of the anointing of the Holy Spirit for each one of your lives um, and, and an opportunity to receive from him. If you need healing, whatever you need from him, 
He is here to help us. And I want to challenge you to make it a priority. Get your carcass here. Well, tonight for the men's and women's awesome meeting and chili cook-off. And then to, on Monday night, we can pray for your heartburn, all right? And then on Wednesday night, okay? So give God that opportunity. Well, do you have your Bibles? I'm going to give you one verse. We'll be digging in into the scriptures here in just a moment. But I want to give you one verse to kind of be our anchor point for this morning. And it is simply this John chapter 16, verse 15. In this verse, Jesus says this, everything the Father has is mine. That's why I said the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine and will make it known to you or reveal it to you. And our key thought this morning is that the Holy Spirit helps us to access the supernatural, God's supernatural. Let's pray together. Father, what an honor it is to be together in your house today, and I'm so grateful for the awesome ways you work through broken people like us. Wow. You show your power and your glory by putting treasure in earthen vessels. And I just pray today, Lord, that your treasure would spill out all over us today. I welcome, Lord, for you to just begin to marinate us in a healing anointing. Just let it flow and move through this house, a deliverance anointing. And most of all, Lord, that salvation and forgiveness anointing. Help us, O oh Lord, to receive all that you have for us. And I pray right now that many would suddenly be aware of the Holy Spirit's healing presence beginning to move upon their lives. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Come on, would you just take about 30 seconds and right where you're sitting, would you just raise your voice and just welcome a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit upon your life? Oh, Spirit of Jesus, I need you so much. Breathe fresh. Breathe fresh. Breathe fresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Move upon us, I pray. Thank you, Lord. You give strength to the weary. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can feel a beautiful healing anointing percolating. I can't, can't wait to see what God does. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's begin this morning by kind of tackling this massive question, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Let's look at that in a couple quick points this morning. Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit defined by the scriptures is God's personal spirit, God's personal spirit. There's a lot of confusion in terminology. You might have certainly heard the term Holy Ghost before. You ever heard Holy Ghost? Very popular this Halloween season. Um, but uh, the term Holy Ghost is actually not a biblical term. Um, it's not in the original manuscripts. The, word, the Greek word phantasma, ghost, is never used regarding the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that it's bad or wrong because it's kind of an English tradition to use the word ghost. But um, you see like in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 as an example of this misunderstanding. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The word ghost is never used. It's spirit and spirit. Pneuma is used the whole time. Um, back in the time of the translation of the King James, which is a fine translation of the Bible, but back in the time of that translation, they used the word ghost and spirit synonymously with, you know, it's kind of a superstitious area, era, and they use those terms. The word ghost or phantasma, disembodied spirit, is used in the Bible. It's used in the Old Testament, written in Hebrew, like when uh, Samuel, or Saul rather, went to the witch of Endor to consult Samuel's ghost, remember that? 
And then also uh, it's used like when Jesus walks on the water. It's used a couple times in the New Testament. When Jesus walks on the water and scares the disciples, remember they, they were afraid and thought he was a ghost. Remember that? You know? And so nowhere is the Holy Spirit ever the spooky, disembodied spirit that wants to come and, and uh, you know, not dwelling around any gravestones or anything like that. The word spirit is used to simply help us to see that we're dealing with God revealing himself to us in an invisible fashion. Think about his name. Holy means perfect. Spirit, invisible. The Holy Spirit is God's personal spirit. So we have to be very careful to detach our cultural understanding of things from the very truth of the word of God. Seven times in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is called God himself. So this, this raises the question of Trinity. You've heard that word before, Trinity. Okay, so Trinity, and I'm only going to give this to you in 30 seconds, but you already know this. But Trinity is a word that has been created to help to try to explain the mystery of the way God is made up, his essence. So here, here's Trinity in 30 seconds. You ready? Okay. Number one, the most important fact about Trinity is that God is one being. Christians are monotheists. We worship one God, right? We don't have a bunch of gods. We don't worship the God of the moon and the God of the sun or whatever. We worship the God, the creator God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh, right? So we worship God, of the, the God of the cosmos. The Shema, Deuteronomy 6, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. We worship one God. Very, very important. If that's all you can remember about how God is made up, that's sufficient. But there's the second most important fact about Trinity or about the makeup nature of God, and that is this. God is so much bigger and vastly different than we are that he doesn't fit into one, of our underst or one understanding of personage or being. He's so much bigger than we are that he doesn't fit. And it's not like, you know, everybody's got an Aunt Nancy that's got multiple personalities. It's not like that at all. God's not fragmented or broken or anything like that. He is so much bigger and vastly different. He surpasses our idea of personhood. He has forever revealed himself, even though he is one being, he has forever revealed himself to us in the three distinct persons of God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, if that doesn't give you a theological brain freeze, you ever drink a Slurpee too fast? You know, if that doesn't give you a theological brain freeze, I don't know what will. But it suffices to say that the person of the Holy Spirit is no less God than the person of the Father or person of the Son, co-equal together, and yet one being. So some people say, well, I'm really uncomfortable in giving so much attention to the Holy Spirit. I mean, shouldn't we be focusing in on Jesus? And comments like that represent the common misunderstanding that we're dealing with God, one being. The Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the same one. He is here to help us. And so it's critical for us to understand, finally, that we access supernatural help from God through the Holy Spirit's ministry. Now, let me draw you a little diagram here real quick to help us get a little better understanding, okay? Hit me with that, please. Now, the white line you're about to see represents the ceiling of the natural realm. Below that is human ability, man's ability. I put there man's ability. If I would have put woman's ability, well, your screen, frankly, is not high enough. 
and all the smart husbands said, all six of you. Okay. Um, the sealing of the natural realm. What I mean by that is that there is a distinct limitation upon humanity, although great, th you know, humans can do great things. Good night. Have you ever eaten that uh, um, fresh, gooey Cinnabon cinnamon roll right out of the... You feel Jesus like I do all of a sudden? Yeah. The sealing of the natural realm. I'm talking about the maximum extent of human ability. Um, how many of you are alive today because of some advanced medical procedure? You got shocked or jolted or, you know, they removed your gizzard or something like that happened. I mean, you think about that. Um, amazing, amazing procedures and, and things that just boggle the mind. Really, and some of the things that even 10 years ago were just kind of on the edge are now so routine. I mean, it's amazing, amazing. So the sealing of the natural realm. Now, below that is man's wisdom, skill, and awareness, okay, human ability. Above that, though, is God's ability. Now, we can't puncture the white line and go vertically, but God has no limitations. God certainly recognizes the white line because he created it. The Bible tells us he's created limitations upon humanity. He created us a little lower than the angels, the Bible says, and crowned us with glory to rule over creation. And yet the Bible also talks about more limitations. It's appointed unto man once to die and after that to face the judgment. You know, we recognize the limitations of humanity. Uh, even though we can put the man on the moon, we can't ever get Gilligan off the island. You know what I'm talking about? And so, so we've got above that white line God's ability, God's wisdom, God's skill, God's awareness, which are limitless. And God can operate freely above and freely below. We're imprisoned below unless we receive his help. Simply put, the supernatural is above and the natural is below and the supernatural can invade the natural, but the natural can't invade the supernatural without help from above. Now think about what we talked about a moment ago, the idea of Trinity for a moment, and then the idea here, this diagram. Keep this in your brain for a moment and think about, reflect on that scripture. That's our key scripture this morning. Jesus said this. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I said the Holy Spirit will take from what is mine. And if I can paraphrase, he'll puncture that white line and make it known to you. We access supernatural help from God through the Holy Spirit's ministry. Now, you remember before you were born again? How many remember before you were born again? Yeah? Before you were born again, was the Holy Spirit at work in your life? That's a kind of a trick question. The answer is no and yes, because he, on the levels that we most appreciate and, and reflect upon now, no. But on probably the most critical levels, he was, because the Bible tells us, John 16, 8, even before we're born again, the Holy Spirit is there to convict us of our sin. Think about that. Before we were born again, we couldn't even recognize our own need for God because of sin's pride. And yet the Holy Spirit came and punctured that white line and gave us supernatural help even before we realized we needed it. I mean, this is really helpful. And then when we're born again, we are born of the Spirit, right? And then the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us and causes fruit and gifts to grow and all those things. I mean, we need supernatural help. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need help today, all right? So we, th the reason why we need help so much, some of you enjoyed that far too much. I already have to repent. But the reason why we need help so much is that all of that God, all that God has for us is not possible merely through human effort.
Let me state it to you as a question. Is it possible for you personally to fulfill the will of God without God's help? Impossible. And yet, I mean, I mean, here's the will of God in a simple nutshell. People struggle. What's the will of God? Is the will of God Captain Crunch or Cheerios, you know? Well, joke's on you. It's actually all brand for some of you. But, uh, the, you know, what, what, is, what is the, you know, the Bible says only God knows our innermost parts. But what is the will of God? It's very simple, very simple, okay? Just two things. Number one, on the personal side, the will of God is for us, of course, to be adopted into his family, but then to grow, right? Relationship, ever-increasing relationship with God. But that's only half the will of God, and a lot of Christians, they work on that one. Get in God's family. Aren't you glad you're born again this morning? Yeah? They get in God's family, and then they have some level of growth. But they never worry about the second part. The second part of the will of God for your life after you're in the kingdom of God and are growing is that we are productive and fruitful in ministry in the kingdom of God. Every believer is a minister, even though you may not wear the fancy collar, which I would find constricting. But every one of us is called to be a minister, right? We're called to minister to other people. And so many Christians, all of their effort in life is spent on just being barely dragging their carcass through the pearly gates one day, you know? And so they have no effect. And, and so instead of affecting their children, instead of affecting their neighbors, instead of affecting their co-workers with the glory and power of God, they are so consumed about just barely dragging their carcass through the pearly gates that they end up living a life that has minimum impact. Why? Because they live a life that everything they try to do for the Lord is done only below the white line through their own human effort. We have supernatural resources available to us, supernatural tools. I mean, you can go around and try to, you know, can you imagine trying to drywall this room with a Phillips screwdriver, manual Phillips screwdriver? Can you say carpal tunnel syndrome, right? But he gives us power tools to get the job done, supernatural ability to get the job done. Christianity is supposed to be supernatural. It's organically supernatural. It's not designed to be supernatural to the extent of things being weird and loony all the time, right? You know, there's a balance to this. But it's also not intended that you get born again and God drops you off on the doorstep and you fend for yourself until you die. It's not designed to be that way. How often should a Christian encounter supernatural help from the Holy Spirit? Whatever you pick, even more than that, right? I mean, we are designed to operate with resources that are beyond human ability. So we want to look this morning at a couple ways the Holy Spirit helps us. We may not get to all of these, certainly won't, but we'll pick it up on, on Monday night. Um, of how the Holy Spirit helps us access supernatural help from God. Let's look at the first, and that is supernatural purification. Supernatural purification. So I'm not talking about natural purification. I'm not talking about water purifiers. I'm not talking about, you know, Listerine. Anybody gargle with Listerine today? (laughs) Two of you. A young lady way in the back. Three of you. All right. How many of you are sitting by someone and you wish they would have gargled with Listerine this morning? All right. You know where we get Listerine from? Well, the, the, the marketing of Listerine. You know who Lister was historically? Lister is the father of modern sanitary surgical procedures. A British guy, of course. And uh, Lister, at the turn of the century and, uh, and through 
the beginning of the, of the 1900s, early 1900s, he began to put together some of the research of Louis Pasteur. Remember, homogenation, microbes, all that stuff? And the idea here was uh, of Louis Pasteur's work is that there was some stuff that you couldn't see that could kill you. Up to this point, they'd gotten pretty good at surgery. But this was the common line. You might have heard this before. The surgery was successful, but the patient died. You've heard that before? And this was the common mantra, not because their procedures weren't effective, but because they had no idea of germs, bacteria, you know? So they would, this, now this is mind-boggling to us because we live in, in, in this uh, age of, of, of uh, biological enlightenment or whatever, but they would not wash the scalpels from one patient to the next. They wouldn't clean the body before they would make the incision. They would have no post-surgical care. The surgeons would not wash their hands. They did not have a surgical environment. Yikes. You know, if you're a germaphobe, you're like passed out right now. People are getting the smelling salts out for you. But Lister put this together, and he began to say, well, hey, you know, where in the world? Why are we are doing everything right, but they're still dying? And where's all this, you know, post-surgical infection? Come, what in the world, you know? And he began to put it together, and he began to boil the scalpels. How many think that's a good idea, you know? Began to do hand sanitizing and all these sort of surgical suite that was, and all of a sudden his patients began to live, and, and it, the proof was in the pudding. Well, pudding's kind of a gross word when you think about surgery, but it's, you know, it, it was there, you know, and they began, to, they began to put all this together. We're not talking about human ability to purify something. We're talking about divine resources to bring cleansing to our lives that is not available through human agency. Supernatural purification. How many know the things you can't see can kill you? Now, there's two levels of supernatural purification. Look at these with me, if you will. The first is that we're born again or born of the Spirit. When we, are, when we give our lives to Christ, our sins are forgiven, and at that moment, we are as pure as we will ever be the second you were born again. Think about that for a second. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. All of the old things have passed away and everything has become brand new. That's pretty exciting. You remember when you were first born again? Yeah? I mean, the sense of, of relief and purity and overwhelmed and all those sorts of things are flowing through your heart. But then there is a, a second level after we're born again. We need to grow in purity. The Bible calls it being sanctified. It's a process. When we're born again, we are made righteous. But the problem is we're cred magnets. How many are sitting by a cred magnet today? Yeah? Every hand should go up. Right? I mean, it is true. It's just, they, you know, a lot, a lot of people, they come to church to feel better about themselves. Let's just knock our props out from underneath us for a moment and get reality check. You know, Paul even said in Romans 7, O wretched man that I am, who can free me from this body of sin? He recognized, even though he had accepted the blood and sacrifice of Jesus and was positionally and instantaneously pure when he gave his life to Christ, that he still had stuff to work through. We got some stuff to work through, don't we? So this is this growth curve. Being sanctified is this lifelong process of becoming less like me and more like Jesus. But here's the issue. The Christian that lives on autopilot, okay, a Christian, born again, love Jesus, going to heaven, but only concerned with the first aspect of the will of God, just getting their carcass through the pearly gates, 
Um, this sort of Christian, they love Jesus. They come to church. They pay their tithes. They, they cook chili for the supper tonight. I mean, they, they're, 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 they're in. But Monday rolls around, and they just engage themselves back in a gear, as a gear into life's machinery. And so then all of a sudden, before they know it, then it's, I mean, you, you, people can lose entire months and years by just living on autopilot. Going to heaven, but never even able to scratch the surface of the will of God for their lives. And then pretty soon, things begin to wrap up for them. And they look back and they say, where has my life gone? Going to heaven, but never scratching the surface of who they could be in Christ and what they could do for him. We need supernatural help. And it all begins, there's no way we can even enter into a fullness of ministry that he has for us until we begin to get concerned about the vessel that's carrying that power of the Holy Spirit. Supernatural purification is desperately needed. Being sanctified is critically important that we begin to look at this every day because there are some sin issues in our life that by sheer human willpower, under the white line, we can say, I'm done. You know, I'll never do that again. I've had uh, talked with several people over the years that have struggled. One of the greatest addictions um, psychologically, physically, chemically that someone can have, like uh, nicotine cigarettes, a massive, I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing. Um, I was dealing with a guy a couple years ago. He came up to me, and he was telling me what God had done. He said, I came home from Korea, and he said, from Korean War, and uh, he said, I came home, I sat down on my couch, my little girl that I had never seen, she, she was born when I was away at the war, came up and put her arms around me and said, Daddy. And then she looks at me, she jerks away, and she says, P.U., Daddy, you stink. I can't hug a daddy that stinks. And she ran, because he had uh, become a chain smoker when he was away. He said, I cried my eyes out. He said, I went and I took those cigarettes, I crumbled them, and I said out loud as I threw them in the trash can, I don't want you as much as I want my daughter's hugs. And threw him in the trash can. It was over. And he told me, listen, he smoked four packs a day. I don't know if he had two in at a time or what. I mean, that's a lot of cigarettes. And threw Wow, human willpower. I want my daughter's hugs more than I want this, you know. There are some things by human willpower you can quit. But there are some things even after you're born again that no matter how hard you try, you still can't find victory. Paul talks about, listen to this, Romans chapter 8. Paul tells us as he's speaking to Christians, and the apostle Paul tells us, verse 12 of Romans 8, Therefore, dear brothers, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if you, through the power of the Spirit, put to death the misdeeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And in the Greek there, it's kind of upside down to our thinking. He's saying, you know, come on, if, if you're really born again, you're going to be led by the Spirit. He's just saying this is just elemental. This is, this is help that's available to us. Verse 11, so you have not received a spirit, lowercase s, that makes you fearful slaves, Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. 
Paul is telling us, he's telling Christians, he's speaking to Christians, he's telling us that we need supernatural purification in our lives, and not just a one-time jolt at the moment of salvation, but a long-term IV drip, you know? Uh, you ever taken care of a swimming pool before? You know, when you, oh, I know in Southern Cal, you probably leave it open all year long, but we don't, you know, we're not privileged to live in Southern California. There are other people out there in the forbidden zone, you know? We, we live in Kansas. <laughs> I got Creighton over there giving the fist pump, but other than that, uh, there's a lot of pity out there. I can feel it. And so, you know, we don't have a swimming pool or anything, but we have relatives that do. And whenever they uncover that pool at the end or the beginning of the season, I mean, it's, it's amazing that it's sort of like SeaWorld in a, in a microcosm, you know. And it has gone from being this beautiful thing you want to swim into and, into something that, that needs some help. And so they put, what do you put in, in, in a pool when it's really bad chemically? What do you, what's the thing you put in there to kind of bring it up quickly? Shock. Well-named, aptly named. It's, it's high-power chlorination and probably some retsin and some other stuff in there too. And uh, it, it brings things right up to – but then in order to maintain it, then you just have to kind of check the levels periodically and, you know, and, and keep the chlorine levels up. Well, it's the same way. Being born of the Spirit is the shock, but the process of being sanctified is constantly checking the levels and getting the right help from God in those things so that we can be overcomers. God's not designed us to just be one time, get our priorities welded into line, and we never need Him again. He's required us to build relationship with Him and keep on going back. Not that He's some, like, heavenly drug dealer that we get hooked and then we need Him in that respect, but that we need Him relationally. When we are born again, Paul said, thinking about the relationship of purity and the Holy Spirit, he calls us the children of God. We need him relationally, relationally. So we keep on going back, and he keeps on helping us. So there's several levels. Think about that. Born of the Spirit and then being sanctified. How do you access supernatural purification from God? Stop, drop, and pray, right? Well, probably even simpler, humble yourselves and pray because you won't pray until you humble yourself. Calling out to God, and you just pray once, Lord, purify me for the rest of my life. And he comes and zaps you with heaven's taser gun, and then you never have to worry about purity again. Is that how that works? No. Relationship, you keep on going back. He shocks your pool, but then you got to keep on testing the waters and going back for higher. Here, here's simple, here, real simple. Think about this. An easy way, easy way of kind of thinking where you're at spiritually. Am I more like Jesus than I was a year ago? I hope that's a yes. Am I more like Jesus than I was six months ago, a month ago? You know, it might be hard to see a week ago unless you were really had a bad week. But uh, you kind of see, you know, and I know a lot of times, like I know sanctification issues are hard for some groups of people, like, like Charger fans. Um, it's really difficult, really difficult for people like that. But um, we need supernatural help. Because the issues that we don't put to death in our lives can plague our children and generations to come. You're not just fighting to drag your own carcass through the pearly gates, but we're fighting for our families. We're fighting for our neighbors, you know, people we influence, supernatural help. So think about this for a moment. You know, you, you can pray right now, you know, Lord, cleanse me. I want to be righteous before you. He'll come and and throw the shock in your pool and things will be made right. 
But then what about the maintenance issues? Because honestly, can you be honest with me? Aren't there some things, like if, if, if you could ask Jesus, like, like the, an exterminator from heaven to come and kill some bugs in your life, can't you think of a couple, two, three, five, a thousand things real quick? You'd go, Lord, I pray that I'd never have to struggle with that again, you know? Talk about strange addictions. Pastor Steve and I were, were at college together. He's, of course, uh, considerably older than I am. But... Um, <laughs> He had already graduated when I first got there. But there was a particular girl that was my sister's roommate that was in school with you, and, and she was from Arkansas, which explains a lot. But um, she would get a can of Vienna sausages and open it up, and she would throw the sausages out, get a spoon, and just eat the jelly. How many think that's satanic? That's a, that's a devil. That's what that is, you know. And uh, I'm not sure why I told that to you, but I'm, I, I might... Right, be, right in your pew, there's hymnals and there's prayer cards and offering envelopes and bags. You may need that if I tell another story like that. Sorry. Um, but uh, what were we talking about? Jesus, help me right now. I'm a... But there's this, there's this thing in life that it, it, if you could just pick two or three things and say, Jesus, you know, zap those. I mean, you can think of some things right away, can't you? But just what would happen if you'd zap all those? Then you'd be good. It, at what point do our instruments quit reading properly? Now, the Apostle Paul makes this incredible statement. He says, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't mean I'm innocent. I mean, let that sink in. This is the Apostle Paul taken to the third heaven, visions of Jesus, you know, wrote 25% uh, of the New Testament, you know, amazing. Only Luke exceeded him. Luke wrote 27%, but I mean, massive amount. John writing 19, so you get a huge amount of the content there. Massive, arguably the great apostle. And he says, My, the equipment that I judge myself with isn't always accurate, if I can paraphrase. So how do you deal with that? Let's say you love Jesus and you're growing in holiness and you're praying and seeking the Lord. And then you just look at your own life and say, well, I must be okay. Things are good but you have some major issue. You ever been around somebody with, that really stinks? You ever been around someone that just reeks? Well, how many have that issue right now? Yeah. <laughs> the issue is that they can't smell themselves. They've gotten used to their own stink, you know? And we kind of get that, uh, it, to be technical, we get that olfactory fatigue, you know? That sounds technical. That means you're used to your own stink. Paul says, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't mean I'm innocent. How in the world do we process that? When I was growing up in Pennsylvania in elementary school, we would have a dentist that would come through every, I don't know, year or so and do a presentation on brushing your teeth and flossing, you know. And, um, and so then at the end, they gave you a little, a little paper sack gift bag that had a cheap toothbrush in it, a one squirt of toothpaste tube and some dental floss and a little foil packet that had a, a red tablet inside. Anybody ever had the red tablet before? You know what I'm talking about, right? So the idea is you go home and you brush, and then you smile in the mirror, and man, your teeth are so bright, you look like a movie star. And then you chew the red tablet. The red tablet doesn't stick to the enamel of your teeth. It only sticks to the, the plaque and the tartar and the cavity creeps and the sea monkeys, right? So you smile at first, and it's all bright white, then you chew the tablet, and all of a sudden, then you smile, and you are a participant of the zombie apocalypse, right? I mean, it is eek, nasty. The idea is it highlights the things you can't see. 
And just like going back to Lister, the British surgeon, there are things we can't see that can kill us. So how do we chew the red tablet? Let's say you love Jesus, you're born again, you have some growth plane in your life of holiness, but that doesn't still exclude us from humbling ourselves and asking for supernatural purification help. We need help from the Holy Spirit. How do you chew the tablet? David tells us how. He says, you'll know this psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be in me some wicked way and lead me in the everlasting path. David had that idea. My conscience is clean, but that doesn't mean I'm innocent. Like Paul, he said, I need supernatural help even to look into my heart to see those areas. And so today, we're going to spend a couple moments in purification prayer. People go, oh, this is kind of a downer. You know, we think about our sin. We should leave with a, you know, a cheer or something. Well, we, we, we leave with a cheer because we have a celebration of victory. But there's nothing better to do than to refocus ourselves on what is the mission of God for our lives, for us personally to grow, and then for us to be used in ministry outward, outwardly to minister to other people. That's what Monday night and Wednesday night are going to focus in on. This is the foundation stone to help us to get to recalibrate ourselves to become reliant on the Holy Spirit's purification ministry in our lives. I want to invite you, if you will, to stand with me to your feet for a moment. We're not sneaking out. Don't sneak out the doors. We'll have the ushers tackle you if you try, all right? We'll release you in just a moment. But stand up right where you're at. Would you just take a big old stretch, reach for the sky, rock up on your toes, take a stretch? Yeah, all right? Now, if, you're, if, if you haven't bathed, then keep your hands down because that lets the dogs out if you don't, okay? Will you join me, though? Can we bow our heads together and close our eyes just to kind of give a moment of reflection? I want you to look into your own heart. If, if you could have a moment with Jesus right now, which we do, but if you could ask him just to, to exterminate some bugs out of your life, you know? I mean, what would it be? Would it be your temper? Would it be your... Your mouth, would it be your thought life or the things that you allow into your eyes or ears or some addiction that you're struggling with? Or, I mean, what would, what would be, just think about a couple things right now. Like, what, if you could just ask him, Lord, if these few things could be removed from my life, my personality, my character, these sin issues, not the things that, that you've overcome by human effort or God has already helped you, but right now, what would they be? Would you just take a moment and silently just ask him? Right now, I welcome supernatural help from above the white line to come and work in me. Lord, these things I, I, I can't overcome by myself. And I need supernatural help from the spirit of holiness right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Life transformation. Not just shock in the pool, but daily maintenance, Lord. Search us, O oh God. Search us, O oh God. In this atmosphere and attitude of prayer, you know, maybe there's some today that have never taken that first step of making a commitment to follow Christ. The Bible tells us pretty plainly, uh, very plainly, there are none righteous, no, not one. In other words, you know, none of us can get to God by our own human effort. We need help from above the white line to get right with God initially. We need his help, his purification. And so today, I want to give you that great opportunity that 
hundreds of others in this room have already made. I'm so thankful for that day that I humbled myself and asked Jesus to cleanse my heart and I accepted him as the son of God and my Lord and my Savior. The Bible tells us Jesus himself said that if we are not born again, we will not enter heaven. It's that clear. It's the only criteria. And today I ask you that question. Are you sure that Jesus has forgiven your sins and God has accepted you into his family? Are you sure of that fact? Because if you're not, you're in the most wonderful, opportune moment that you've had. Would you look into your heart for a moment? All over this house today, if you would say, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm right with God or I'm sure that I'm not right with God, but I want to be. If you're in that spot where you want to be right with God, but you're not right now, I want you real quickly just to slip up a hand all over this house. Just a simple, humble action. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you in the back. Awesome. Yeah, good. Some of the hands that are going up are folks making a commitment for the first time. Others are just saying, I'm living in some times of uncertainty. And that's okay. How many know every Christian goes through some times of doubting and uncertainty? That's normal. That's not that's not abnormal. That's okay. It's, there's no pretense. It's honest in his presence. Nothing is hidden from his sight. But some of you are making a commitment for the first time, and we celebrate that with you. Life change. Life change. Everything will be different. He's throwing the shock in the pool. Man, all the old critters are going away, and everything's becoming brand new. Yeah. So I want us all to pray together. Now, listen, repeating this prayer after me is not going to make you right with God. But what's going on in your heart, the repentant thing that's going on in your heart, reaching out to God, that's what's going to make the difference. And for the rest of us, I want us to pray together as an affirmation of what God has already done. For those of you that are going through a time of doubting in your life spiritually, this is going to be a moment of reaffirmation. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. So let's pray together, can we? Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your one and only Son. You sent him to earth. He lived a sinless life. He proclaimed the kingdom of God. He died a death on the cross. Even though he didn't deserve it, he died in my place, taking my sins and rose again from the dead to prove with power that he can lift me above my sin and its consequence. Jesus is the Son of God, and I accept his saving power in my life. Write my name in heaven's book, and let your Holy Spirit come live inside of me right now. Help me to live a life of ever-increasing purity. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, just take a second. Just take a second and just soak in his presence. He's here. Even if you're not aware, he's here. He's here. I welcome the healing grace of God to begin to move right now across this room. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray you'd come and break addictions right now. Thank you, Lord. 
Come on, if that's you, just reach out to Jesus right now. He's here. Don't let your pride keep you from being free today. In the name of the Lord, we break the power of addiction. Command prescription drug addiction to end in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We pray, God, you bring freedom for people in all sorts of battles and struggles. Oh, God, you alone have grace. Throw out the lifeline, oh, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, just let the Holy Spirit settle. We've got a minute. Just let him settle in upon you. There's a beautiful anointing beginning to bubble up right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Spirit of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Some sort of a nerve condition in the face that's being healed right now. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Be made whole. Command that to go right now. Symptoms leave in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not sure if it's the same nerve condition, but there's uh, maybe it's an amplification of that word, but there's actually a, a, a nerve that's in the face that's chronic pain. It's being shut off. That pain is being shut off right now. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for it. Thank you, God. I feel God's power in my shoulder, the right shoulder. Just If you have a right shoulder issue, just begin to move it around right now. His power is here. Thank you, Lord. Command that rotator cuff to be made whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. There's a gallbladder issue that's being touched right now. Gallstones go dissolve now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord. There's someone that the vision the Lord has given me right now, it's like a fire that burns right below the center of your rib cage. I'm not sure what it is, but I command that fire to be put out in the name of Jesus and the power and grace of the Lord to flow. If that's you, just put your hand right there. You'll, you'll sense God's grace moving. I can't heal you, but the Lord is here, and he's so generous. He's so generous. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. There's some issue with the left hip right now. It's being healed. I believe it's a woman, and I believe you're on my left side as well. Just receive the touch of the Lord right now. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. I pray to remove ringing from the ears right now. Come on, just receive from him. He's here. He's here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, in just a moment, uh, Pastor Steve, if you'd come up, in just a moment, he's going to close things out. But at, when he does, um, and he'll let you know, I want to invite all the prayer partners at that moment to come forward. We're just going to stand across the front. You know, this church was built so people can meet with God. And the primary way we do that is the way we access supernatural help. We humble ourselves and pray. Jesus says that he wanted this to be a house of prayer for all nations, right? So today, if I, I know some of you need to go and you got to get to you got to get to Coco's or whatever it is real quick here. But I want to encourage you, if you've got something that you would like to receive prayer about or want to just spend some time in prayer, that's why we're going to be here to pray and seek the Lord. And the more there's some things today that will be broken in the spirit now if you'll act upon this word and step forward come and pray there'll be a, a confidential prayer counselor that will stand here and pray with you we'd love to pray with you believe God maybe one of those words of healing if any of those words of healing were about you come up at the end and receive from the Lord he is here to help us amen
Amen. You can be seated. Thanks, Pastor. I believe that you're my healer. Anybody believe he's all you need? I believe, I believe you're my portion. I believe, I believe you're more than enough for me. Jesus, you're all I need. God is so good to us to give us. Help. Anybody need help? <laughs> and, and the help that comes is from another place. Supernatural help. Wow. If we will just step through the doorway, the access, you have access, like a doorway has been opened. Access to otherworldly power. receive it today I want to give you an opportunity to say thank you to Tim and really to sow seed into this ministry they travel across the miles and really around the world telling people about the power of the Holy Spirit and it and his availability to us let's sow seed today ushers are coming if you make a check, please make it to LPCC, and we will make sure to bless the in-laws for their time here with us. Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for this great teaching. Thank you for Tim and Rochelle and the boys. We ask, God, that you might bless them. Bless all that they do, God. Bless their ministry, Lord, and lead them in the path that you would have them to go. We especially lift up Rochelle to you today. We believe, God, that you are our healer. And we ask that even today, come on, somebody help me pray for Tim's wife right now. We ask that even today, Lord, she would find sustenance. She would find encouragement in her body, Lord. She would find strength and stamina today. Hallelujah. Energy. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, and that she would be healed. There's too much work for this great couple and this great family to do, to be hindered by sickness. So we thank you, God, that you're raising her up. We're believing this to be done in Jesus' name. Bless this offering now, these seeds that we plant in this good, good ground in Jesus' name. Give a generous offering today to Tim and Rochelle Enlow, and the great ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I do want the elders to come, the pastors to come. We are going to take the time to pray for those who would like prayer, specific prayer, anointing with oil and praying the prayer of faith. God does the rest, folks. We understand that here. 
some will need to slip out, so let me make this announcement one more time. We have a, a great, great ministry planned for tonight. Pastor Dave and Sonny are going to be ministering, and we're looking forward to, that, to this. We have a chili competition, chili cook-off. I don't know, is, is Ken, Ken, you still wearing the crown? We've got we to gotta take the crown away from you. I don't know. He's the reigning king of chili right now. And men also, bring your money for the fire Bible so we can beat the women. Remember that. Karen's not here to take the mic out of my hand, so praise God. <laughs> anyway, so everyone standing, if you do have to go, please, I would ask you to slip out quietly. and We're going to continue a little worship unto God and pray for those who need healing because I believe that you're my healer. Come, let us pray with you right now. Believe in God to touch your body, to strengthen you right now, to heal you from the very top of your head all the way down to the soles of your feet. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. 